Apple has finally released an updated Apple TV 4K, something users have been asking for for a while now. The update is long overdue and includes performance improvements and a new supposedly harder to lose uh. remote. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow, and on this episode of Jason Squared, we're going to compare notes after using the new Apple TV 4K. All right, Perlow, I know you've been screaming at Apple for an updated Apple TV. Are you happy? I'm mostly happy, right? You know, we, we got this super powerful chip in this thing um, that's underutilized due to software limitations, right? That's kind of the same story we got from the new iPad Pro where they put a giant M1 processor in it, but it's sort of limited by the capabilities of iPad OS, right? I mean, you can't do full multitasking and a lot of other things. You can't do multi-user and other stuff. This is kind of the same situation, right? You know, we had the super powerful A12 chip, um, which is capable of running, you know, much more exploitive applications and things, but we're just not seeing them yet on Apple TV. Um, that's kind of what I feel like happened. We got this great pieces of hardware um, that can't do everything we wanted to do yet, realistically. Yeah, so let's let's start with what exactly is new, and then we'll dive deeper into our thoughts because I yeah. ha I have I have some opposing views at, from from what you think about the Apple TV. So it's going to be a fun talk today. So yes. it was 2017 was the last time Apple released a new Apple TV model, the Apple TV 4K, yeah. the, the original. So this one is a big up, upgrade as far as uh, specs go. We have a new processor, the A12 Bionic, which is a fast chip. It was used in iPhones a couple of years ago, even though it is a couple years old now. You have dedicated power to this chip, and we know that the A12 is powerful. That enables high frame rate HDR with Dolby Vision, which means it can adjust the frame rate of your TV if your TV is compatible. And it will take away like motion blur and it'll make action scenes and movies as well as sports a lot clearer and a lot better looking. I tested this out in the Red Bull app quite a bit, watching some ice skaters race down the mountain. I don't know if you've ever seen seen that, but these guys yeah. get on ice skates and they put them like in a, it's kind of like going down the mountain skiing, but it's a sheet of ice that goes down the hill and they have jumps and turns and they bang into each other. It looked really good. <laughs> that is the point. It looked great while they were racing. So I did test that out. My TV doesn't go up to 120 Hertz, which is where the Apple TV 4K yeah. the new one maxes out. Um, mine's capped at 60 frames per second. So I didn't get to see it as good as it should have been, but it still looked very nice. Um, there's also probably the headlining feature, a new Siri remote. And then Unfortunately, we're stuck at the same price of 179 for 32 uh, gigs and 199 for 64 gigs. Uh, look, Jason, that price is ridiculous, even for as good as this product is. It really, really shouldn't be more than 150 bucks for a premium streaming device like this. When you consider something like, you know, the Chromecast with Google TV is 50 bucks. And yeah. as good a product that is. It's, it, I mean, this is it, that that would still make it three times more expensive. This is like the almost – if you want the 64 gig one, it's four times more expensive than, than, than buying a Chromecast. You can fit yeah. the entire house with Chromecast for the price. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you have four TVs. Yeah. I mean, look, I, the price is high. I don't know where the sweet spot would be. Obviously, I, I wish it was lower. I think maybe 129 would be a good spot to start at yeah. for the 32 gigs. It, it puts it competitive with Roku Ultra, which is 99 bucks. Right. And it's not $80 more expensive than the Roku Ultra. But uh, yeah, I, the fifty dollar Chromecast is underpowered compared to this, so I, I get the price difference there. It's designed yeah. to be to work that way. Uh, one twenty nine, I would love to see it at one twenty nine. That'd be a great spot uh, for it, I think. But so yeah. let's let's dive into the experience. What are what are your impressions? You've had it for a week now, almost a week. Uh, you've had it a yeah. little bit longer than me. I got it on Friday um, of last week, so uh, you know it's been it's been four or five days. So look, Jason, this thing is fast. Okay, I, I felt that the Chromecast with Google TV was fast, but this is on an entirely different level fast. Okay, the, that A12 Bionic processor screams on this device. There is no lag. Stuff loads pretty much instantaneously, uh, and it makes a, a big gif- difference when you're playing games on this product, honestly. Um, you know, I like that remote, uh, but I'm trying to be very proactive and not misplacing it now. Now, I, I haven't had an Apple TV in about five years, maybe going on six years at this point, and I distinctly remember taking days to find it if we lost it, okay? Yeah. I, I, so yeah. I cannot wait to find a third-party case that allows me to put an AirTag in it. Right. I see that people are already getting, you know, 3D printer uh, yep. files to try to make their own, you know, uh, jury rigged, you know, cases and stuff. You know, as soon as Amazon's got one for 10 bucks, I'm going to buy one. I mean, because it's because I, I, I'm absolutely afraid of, of, of still losing <laughs> this thing. It's still small enough that I think it's going to get lost. Um, now, I enjoy using uh, a game controller an Xbox One controller with the games, but not all those games are optimized to use it correctly, right? Um, it becomes more of a, a hit or miss uh, which buttons do what with each game. There's nothing like in a tutorial that says if you're using, suddenly if it detects an Xbox controller, it should say it uses all these buttons. Some of those games do that, but not all of them do. Um, you also want to make sure that if you get one of these controllers, whether it's an Xbox controller or if it's a PlayStation controller, that that firmware on that controller is updated because a lot of these controllers that you buy in retail might be older stock. They might have been sitting in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in their warehouse for a year before you buy it, right? So I immediately experienced constant Bluetooth disconnect issues um, using that Xbox controller, and I had really? to update it immediately, which resolved the problem. Once I updated it, it was fine. It's working perfectly. Interesting. Now, now the only thing is with Xbox controllers, um, you can do this with your Xbox system if you own an Xbox, which I currently do not, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Or it can be done with the Xbox app on Windows. Uh, but I, because I'm a Mac user, I needed to use my wife's Windows machine to perform that update over USB cable. Um, so if you don't have a Windows box, I, I don't know what, what you're going to do. If, if you don't own an Xbox, you might have to bring it over to a friend's house to get it updated or something. So make sure you know you have uh, at least a Windows box. Someone's got a Windows machine handy near you uh, to do that update if necessary. Um, additionally, if your Xbox controller uh, is older than 2015, it's not going to have Bluetooth support, right? So you'll have to buy a new controller 
which is exactly what happened to me. You know, I, I bought my Xbox uh, One when I joined Microsoft in like, you know, 2012, 2013. And, and oh, yeah. I bought a bunch of controllers. Those are not Bluetooth. No. And I found that out very quickly that they don't work, which is a, a bummer because <laughs> I, I spent money on those. Sure. Um, and by the way, Xbox and PlayStation controllers are an extremely hot commodity right now at retail stores. Um, my Target only had a few of them left. And they had no PlayStation ones left at all. So you might have to go the online purchase route. Um, X, Amazon happens to have that Xbox controller, the current generation 2021 uh, with the USB-C you know, connector yep. and all that good yeah. stuff for $59. Um, and I was getting able to, I was able to get pr Target the price match to Amazon, which, which was nice to know if they happen yep. to have one. Otherwise, I'd have to wait a couple of days. I'd be talking to you now and waiting on the delivery of the thing. We wouldn't be able to talk about it. So... I have not hooked up a controller and gamed with it yet, but uh, I have messed around with some games. I'm glad tvOS 14.5 added support for the new generation of Xbox controllers, which yeah. are are quite different from, you know, they're for the Series X and Series S, uh, and they're a lot different as as far as layout goes um, with some extra buttons and whatnot than the previous version. And there was some support that needed to be added by Apple across all of its devices. So the most second, most recent, I guess, update, cause we're on 14.6 now uh, added support for the PS five controllers, as well as yeah. the new series S and X controllers, uh, which is uh, nice. You know, that the compatibility is there. I need to try gaming out some more. I have played a little bit, and um, I do see some speed performance increases when gaming, but coming from the original Apple TV 4K to the new Apple TV 4K, there's not much of a speed boost there that's, uh, you know, observable. It, it just, things may be a little bit faster, but it's not blow you away fast, which, but I appreciate hearing your perspective of someone who hasn't had an Apple TV in a few years and how fast it is, especially coming from the Chromecast. I'm not surprised that the performance is just incredibly yeah. fast. And, and, you know, there's there's a huge difference there between the two. But yeah, and don't if, get me wrong. I, I thought that the Chromecast was a pretty sprightly streaming box compared to other streaming boxes that oh, I've absolutely. used. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, but this was this to me is on a different level of, of responsiveness. Um, for sure. Yeah, it, and it's still responsive. I guess my bigger point is if you have an Apple TV 4K and you are happy with it, the original Apple TV 4K, I'm not sure that running out and buying the new Apple TV 4K is something you should yeah. do if you only want to see a performance boost. Because to me and the rest of my family, you know, I, I've had it almost three weeks now, two and a half weeks, something like that. Uh, we haven't really noticed much of a difference performance wise outside of the occasional game. Uh, what we did notice, like I said earlier, was a high-speed HDR. That looked good in the Red Bull app. But I think, by and large, the start of the show is the new Siri remote. It's a lot thicker. It has a completely new design. The touchpad is gone. And now there's a outer ring with a middle select button. And that acts or responds to touch, but it also is... It's made of buttons. So if you wanted to finely tune or pick a, a show or, you know, stop scrolling, you could actually physically press in on the outer ring or the middle to select a, an item. And there's a new fast forward rewind feature that's a little hard to trigger and figure out, but I think it works great. I love that the TV controls are now included in the new Siri remote. And 
I, I think the highlight is over these last 20 days, 15, 20 days, we have not misplaced it once and we have not been extra careful with it. I have just used it as we normally would. And, and typically we lose that remote once or twice a day in the couch cushions and Apple's yeah. official stance on why they didn't include uh, find my in the remote. Cause there were some rumors leading up to the release of the Apple TV after it was announced that the find my or the Siri remote would support find my network, which is what AirTag support uh, is. So you could use your, you know, ask Siri to, to find your remote uh, is they didn't include it in the new remote because the remote is thicker therefore less likely to fall in between your couch cushions. And so far that's rang true for my experience. If you have an older Apple TV, where it's, whether it's an Apple TV HD or the original Apple TV 4K, you can buy the Siri remote on its own for $59. You don't have to buy the new Apple TV 4K to get this new remote. So for me, a lot of people's upgrade path is just getting the new remote. And I, I have yet to see one bad review about this, the new Siri remote. It truly is the star of the show. And then it's one a, more thing. It, it, it is a, it's a nice remote, but I will say that the one thing I, I find having myself to adjust to is the fact that the, the click wheel is also a touch wheel. So sometimes if I'm just holding my hand on it, um, it'll, the, 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 if, especially if you're on the main menu, You'll see, like, you'll it'll slip to the next icon or something if you're holding sure. it a certain way. So you have to get you used can, to the way. Yeah, you, you can disable that in the settings. There's okay. You can cool. go in. I think it's settings, remote, touch, or something. I don't remember the exact path there, but you can disable touch, and it's it'll just be two physical buttons. Then so you know you have the outer ring to navigate and the middle button to select something with zero touch uh, integrated into it. So that's optional. Uh, it did take a little bit of getting used to. You know what, what's what been the hardest for me to get used to is the mute button. There's now a mute button on the remote, but it's been moved to where the play pause button was before. So I just, you know, muscle memory. Anytime my kid comes up, starts talking to me or whatever, I would pause the TV. Well, now I'm muting it without realizing I've muted it instead of paused it. And I miss five minutes of the show and have to rewind. So right. it'll take a little bit of adjustment to get used to that. But, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But yep. one of my favorite features that you're not going to see or, you know, isn't visible is the fact that the Apple TV 4K now includes thread technology for smart home automation mm. and connectivity. So Thread makes it very easy for devices to connect to one another, and it's really fast when you issue a command. I have Thread uh, devices all throughout my office and in my home, for that matter, and it, it, I'm really happy that the Apple TV has it, uh, and hopefully we see some expansion on that here coming up with WWC, WWDC uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, I think we're going to learn sort of the second half of the story with Apple TV, just as we're going to hear the second half of the story with iPad Pro and, and M1, I think. Uh, we're going to be hearing about some newer things. So in terms of the type of things that I think that they can improve on, um, I definitely think that the user interface um, needs some streamlining. Uh, so, you know, today we have this iOS style home screen you know, with the icons that you have to flip back and forth with the Apple TV app, right? Which is a bit confusing sometimes. Now, I, I do actually prefer the Google TV approach with all this consolidated into a single pane of glass, right? So a Apple's TV, Apple TV's app tries to do this 
but not as successfully, I think. I, I prefer uh, sort of the tabbed interface that Google TV has with the content and the apps on separate tabs. Um, I think that the App Store interface could be tweaked considerably, especially for those of us that are using um, Apple One, Apple Arcade, and Apple Music um, as well. So I, I think there's definitely some streamlining, some uh, you know uh, consolidation, some tightening up of the user interface that can be done uh, overall uh, with Apple TV because it does look like it, it does, just as with iOS feels like it's a little old, old long in the tooth with with the with the user interface. So uh, so does Apple TV in, in a number of respects. Um, I'm okay with the interface. I, I, the part that gets me is the Apple TV app. I, I, in the past, have always disabled hitting the home button, going to the Apple right. TV app, and instead goes back to the home screen. But for the last week or so, I've had it opening the Apple TV app because I wanted to give it a, a honest effort, an honest attempt to use it. And and so far, I'm really liking the fact that uh, it it knows what I usually watch and when I usually watch it. But I think I need to use it longer in order to get better recommendations, uh, because there's some shows that are recommended, you know, through various apps, whether it's Discovery Plus or Paramount Plus or whatever it is, Netflix. Uh, actually, I don't think Netflix is in there, but some of them are just so far off that they're not accurate at all. No. And they're nothing I'm interested in watching. But one thing I do truly appreciate about the Apple TV app and its integration with my phone is the push alerts I get when episode or new episodes are available for shows I watch, like Deadliest Catch on Discovery Plus. I get an alert the moment a new episode is available so I can remember because I don't know what day it releases on. I don't keep track of that, right? I go in and I watch a show. If I have if I'm two episodes behind, I catch up. If if not, you know. I wait until I get a push alert and I know there's a new episode. So I really enjoy that aspect of it. But I do want to see more personalized recommendations. And that may just end up being something that I need to spend more time using the app before that happens. Uh, I would love to see tvOS 15 really expand on that, though, in, in some facet. Another thing I want to see is multi-user support for Fitness Plus. Right now, mm. you can have two people work out for a Fitness Plus workout that started on Apple TV, but only one person's Apple Watch is connected to the TV and has visual uh, metrics on the screen, as well as, you know, starts automatically. The other person has to go in and manually start whatever type of workout that is on their watch. I would, you know, if my wife and I wanted to work out in the morning together, we should be able to do that on the screen, you know, on the, with the Apple TV, both of our watches in sync and, and able to see our, our metrics on the display I or on our TV. I would love to see that. You know, I, I, I have not been able to take advantage of the Apple Fitness Plus support on Apple TV, even though my wife is a huge App Fitness Plus fan, because I have a 400 pound marble coffee table in front of my couch. <laughs> uh, which which would not be try to be fun to move every single time my wife wanted to do an exercise in front of Apple TV. So Just that stand is stand so on the is, coffee table. They're right. Stand on the coffee table and do, and do your exercise there. That's that's a thought, <laughs> right? Do right. yoga on the coffee table. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. Um, another thing that I I need I I want to see. Um, why do we have six hundred dollar pairs? of AirPods Maxes, Jason, if we cannot exploit all their capabilities on this device? Why don't we have spatial audio? 
And why do we not have an Apple branded surround sound solution to pair with this thing yet? Why am I still stuck with Sonos? I, I, I don't understand it, right? Um, it, 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 it's, it, it's almost like we have half of a solution at this point, you know? Um, yeah. it, 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 and it, and it, and it bugs me. Um, and, and so mate, well, mate is, is the Apple TV missing some hardware that we need to make this app, this AirPods max thing work? I, I can't believe that, that it's not, it's not powerful enough or, or, oh, you need to have gyroscopic centers on both ends to make this work. There's no, there's no way that's, that's the case that, that you have to be on, on, on two movable products to, for it, for this to work. I think we're seeing Apple lay the groundwork for this to come. I mean, they just announced Apple Music lossless audio. I don't yeah. know the I don't remember the official name off the top of my yeah. head, but they just announced very high res audio in Apple Music and they have said that HomePods will be updated uh, with support here soon. But in addition, one one other feature I didn't mention at the beginning that the new Apple TV has that older Apple TVs don't is eARC support is built in. And what that means is when you connect your HomePod, and I believe it's just the bigger HomePod, to your Apple TV, instead of only putting the audio through the HomePod that comes from the Apple TV, it now acts as a pathway for all audio, regardless of input. So if you switch over to an Xbox or a PlayStation or even your cable box, all audio will now come through your HomePod routed through your Apple TV. And from videos I've seen online, there doesn't appear to be a whole lot of latency there. There's no lag, it, it seems to be instant, which is something that people who game really care about. And so, uh, and I mean, it gets annoying if you're watching a show and their lips are moving and the, the sound is off, that's really annoying. So I think we're seeing Apple lay the groundwork, but, but like you've said, we have to wait to hear the rest of the story, which is going to happen on June 7th at WWDC, right? And so, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a HomePod Max or HomePod Plus or you know whatever a new HomePod announced at WWDC. Well, because you can't, you can't buy the, you can't exactly buy the old HomePod now anyway. I, mean, I think they 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 sold them for to to, to blow them out. Uh, oh, they're still they, available. You can still get them. They, they 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 announced they discontinued them, but you can still buy them because they're three hundred dollars, three hundred fifty dollars, and no one's buying them because they're too expensive. Well, then they need to drop the price of them, Jason, to, to, get, <laughs> yeah. to get rid of to blow them out. Um, you know, so I, like I said, I like, again, I, we talked about the games a bit. I, I like some of the games in Apple Arcade. I've been playing a bunch of them. Um, but I feel like they're more simplistic types of games that, you know, you would play on on an, on an, on an iPhone or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think they're completely exploitable what this hardware can do. Um, I would like to see a game streaming service. For this, you know, um, something something that I mean that that maybe they should be partnering with Microsoft on this for Xbox or PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. see that happening. No, no. You don't I mean see, they don't, you don't even. See it, you don't see it happening, but I see a piece of hardware that's practically made to do this. Right, sure, you know? but I mean they won't uh, even allow the the Xbox Game Pass streaming app. Uh, what is it? X Cloud is what it's currently called. They won't even allow that on, in the App Store because they can't review every game that it provides access to. And so, in which is you know we heard all about it during this Apple and Epic trial that we've talked about recently. I I would love to see it as well. There's plenty of potential with the Apple TV hardware. I just, M- M1 M1 Mac Gaming Cloud. Then then okay <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that this Apple TV, like I said, lays the groundwork for. You could kind of see the pieces starting to fall into place, but until, uh, you know, we see that software portion of it announced, we're going to be left with a lot of questions, which is kind of where we're at. So let me ask you a final question then instead of final thoughts. Let me ask you, would you recommend the new Apple TV 4K to someone? If you already already owned one, no. If you already owned the, the previous model, probably not. Um, if you have... If you're new to the Apple TV ecosystem, if you, or if you haven't owned one in a long time, I would say yes. Uh, but you'd have, but but it, of course it comes with that premium, and you're 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 using a product that is not fully exploiting uh, what you paid for it yet. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's the kind of the same thing I feel about the iPad Pro. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, we don't know yeah. the full story there either. Like you've said, uh, no. the the hardware is way overpowered for what iPad OS can do right now. And again, June 7th, hopefully, will tell us the rest of the story and how to maximize, how Apple is going to maximize the processing power of the M1 iPad Pro with software. Hopefully, hopefully, that's what happens. As for me, I, I look, I'll recommend the Siri, Siri remote all day long. It, no question. Uh, if you have an Apple TV HD or the original Apple TV 4K, 60 bucks on the Siri remote is worth it, it's expensive, but it's worth it. That remote is a game changer as far as Apple TV is concerned. If you have an Apple TV HD, get the new Apple TV 4K when you're ready to upgrade. If you have a 4K TV, you might as well do it. Yes, it's pricey, but it it's a better overall experience uh, and you get a better picture quality. And like you, if someone currently has Apple TV 4K and is perfectly happy with it, stick with it. Write it out until it's either no longer supported or gives up on you. Uh, I think Apple made a great product in this new Apple TV 4K uh, box, but like I've said a few times already, the remote is really where it's at with this release, which it kind of makes me feel bad for the Apple TV team, right? Like they've spent this time yeah. crafting this box and, and building this and you know designing it and and it comes out and the remote is the, is getting all the attention. I mean, you go and just Google Apple TV 4K reviews and nearly every headline talks about the remote. <laughs> like that's what it's about. And so I don't know. I, I kind of feel bad for the team. They're kind of sitting in the background, but hopefully they'll be able to move forward, you know, with, with future software updates and, you know, come more into the spotlight. Agreed, Jason. So uh, WWDC, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Um, there's going to be so many things we're going to hear about at that event that I think is going to kind of open the kimono on the next several years of software development uh, for people who work in that Apple, uh, you know, who develop software for that Apple ecosystem. Um, you know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm ready for some surprises, hopefully, some pleasant surprises. Some very good surprises. And of course, we'll have a show after WWDC ends which, like I said, is June 7th. So that'll be in a couple weeks from now, which is, you know, we're recording this a couple weeks beforehand. So can't wait to talk WWDC with you. But until then, I'm going to keep watching shows and looking out for my alerts of Deadliest Catch because I can't get enough of that show. Yeah. <laughs> not, nothing, be nothing, be nothing better than a bunch of, watching a bunch of, uh, of crabby uh you know, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. fishermen, you know, fall into, you know, negative 20 degree water and, 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 and risking their lives for, uh, for seafood that you yes. overpay for, um, at, at, at your favorite restaurant. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm Jason Supriani. 
And I'm Jason Perlow. And this is Jason Squared. Thanks for listening. We truly appreciate it. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com. 